Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. In this next part of our exclusive special series with Michael Sikora, founder and director of the Socrates Project within the Reagan White House, we tackle the question, what the sole key weapon for the future is, if there is one, and China's place in that race. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you back. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be here. So the past couple episodes, we've been talking about potential hot war between the two countries, kind of how we got here, how we can counter it. It seems right now there's a lot of focus in these next tech race breakthroughs, right? We have quantum on the horizon, AI, supercomputer. It's a silver bullet. be satisfied and you focus on them and everything on the edges just doesn't matter you know forget about it bang for the buck sort of a thing but that sort of thinking is so pervasive in the United States at all levels of decision-making in all military economic well basically all sectors of the US economic and military competitiveness ecosystem okay but that runs counter to how Chinese operates so Americans take the silver bullet approach in the case of a military hot war with China. In contrast, China doesn't do that. They're looking holistically at everything. So if we look at the silver bullet approach, the latest silver bullets are quantum, AI, what have you. Okay. This, I mean, we've tried the silver bullet approach so many times back in the 2001-2002 time frame, which we were involved with. Uh, everybody throughout the military knew that UAVs, and they would state this, the admirals and the generals, UAVs are going to be the centerpiece of all our military strategies. And that
Expanding on that note a bit, it seems when it comes to, say, these next key areas that are always in the focus, say, quantum, quantum computers, the AI, all of this, the recent breakthroughs we've seen in the field or surprises out of China when it comes to, say, maybe the hypersonic missile or the latest buzz in the quantum world, it's like a hybrid combination, which is something that we weren't expecting in the West. So going forward, it sounds like it's a combination, almost looking at the whole picture, right, as you were mentioning, holistic and coherent. So what would that strategy look like for us to really make sure we win or stay ahead? Oh, you can see all the opportunities and constraints and say, you know what? China is going to do a technology flank attack. But by the, because technology space is defined by the laws of physics. Okay, so there's you know, this idea of, well, it's all uncertain things. Like, no, force equals mass times acceleration. Okay, and all the other cute things that I learned as a physicist, okay, is that it's those four dimensions, technology space, are defined by the laws of physics. So the uncertainty level is extremely small. But as a side note, laws of physics, laws of nature are not identical. It's man's understanding of laws of nature. So there's a little bit of rub room there. But now you can see their technology strategy holistically. You can see all technology space holistically. So now it's like shooting fish in a barrel, OK? Where another analogy is, imagine it's Civil War time period. And the other side's got Civil War-style technology, which means they've got spy scopes, which are pretty bad, only see a few more feet than they normally could hand. And communications is via uh, runners who half the time forget what the universe told, or they embellish it one way or the other, or get shot, which makes them not get through. So it's very archaic. And let's say that's me, and you've got real-time download satellite feeds high resolution, you can see the entire battlefield, you can see my entire troops, you can see what they're having for dinner, you can see if they have actually any food or you're, they're starving to death, okay? Now we engage. You can see exactly where my troops are. You can see they haven't eaten in three days, for example. So you know what, simple example, you just make sure there's a farmhouse there with a lot of food left over and they all stop and get eat and stop and put down their guns and you guys, you send your guys over there, small group of guys and set up an ambush and capture all of them, okay? Because they're just feasting because they haven't eaten in three days. So the point is that's, that's the difference. So now we can not be stuck on the silver bullets. We see things holistically and we see things in terms of high-tech, medium-tech, low-tech, where we can see, because again, 
from an American's point of view, we're looking for the big kill with the high tech, because high tech gives you the big kill on the critical technologies. But just like in UAVs, it's like, oh, you know, you can take a toy airplane, put There's no magic there, okay, laws of physics. But then we can go in there and say, hmm, what happens if we block that one low tech that they're actually gonna get buying on the free market from Germany? That's classified. was Michael Sikora, founder and director of the Socrates Project within the Reagan White House. And after the break, we continue our exclusive special coverage with him on what comes next. Now that we've covered the fundamental differences of how each side operates, 
what should we be focusing on? That and more in just a minute here on China in Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. We continue our exclusive special coverage with Michael Sikora, founder and director of the Socrates Project within the Reagan White House, on what comes next. Now that we've covered the fundamental differences in how each side operates, what should we be focusing on? In the game of true competitive advantage, the way China is now playing it, the way the Soviets played it until we dismembered them, is a technology strategy is not this all-or-nothing, big funding, big R&D for the big critical technologies. It's multi-layers of offensive and defensive maneuvers working in a very adroit fashion. It is many plies, cycles of generating and maintaining the competitive edge. Sometimes they're major, sometimes they're minor. So that's the only, so that's how China works. That's how the Soviets worked, and that's how we must work if we're going to have a competitive advantage. It's this very adroit maneuvering throughout all technology space, and when once you see. Technology space like that—it's like you can't unsee it. It's like, you know, I've, I've taught a lot of people. I've taught around the world, and a lot of my students are people like, you know, vice president of Dell Computers, head of strategy for Dell Computers, which is local to Austin, uh, uh, head of DoD Labs, things like that. And the interesting thing is, when they come in there, they've only done finance-based planning. They look at it as an R&D foot race. They look at it and everything siloed. And then after a couple long class section sessions, and they start seeing technology exploitation is the foundation of all competitive advantage. They see it's a matter of maneuvering, not picking winners and losers. It's very adroit, fluid maneuvering. And then they see it as a single continuum. They can view it. They're like. Why would we do finance-based planning? Why do anything else? It makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, one of the things I used to do in my class is all students would come, and again, these are presidents of companies, you know, chief of staff, secretary of the navy, and I would hit a piece of music from Scarlatti, okay, and we also piped into uh, other students around the world. And while they're sitting there, getting gathered, drinking coffee, things like that, they're hearing this bloody music going on, and they're saying, "This guy is crazy." I thought I was coming in on a class on technology strategy, and he's playing music for us. And after they get to the conclusion that I am crazy, then I lower it a little bit and say, "This is strategy. It's not picking winners and losers. It's not shopping lists. It's not an R and D foot race."
It seems we're gonna have to have you put that song on the <laughs> screen so everyone can find it themselves. But it sounds like it boils down to this fundamental shift in perception, and then that changes, you know, how we view everything. But on this note, any last words? One last word very quickly is understanding all of this is like reading, reading philosophy, okay? We're used to mechanics, cookbook, Harvard Business Review is a trick of the month club, okay? Here's a little trick you can do, here's a little trick you can do, and this will give you some competitive edge sometime, someday. To understand the shift between finance to technology-based planning, to understand how China actually operates in this very fluid manner with their national technology strategy, what you must do is shift, radically shift how you view the world, world of competition, and then once you make that shift, everything becomes very, very clear. Well, Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. That was Michael Sikora, founder and director of the Socrates Project within the Reagan White House. Be sure to tune in next week for the next part in this exclusive special series, where we'll tackle the most dangerous myth when it comes to China. That the West is facing a range of highly diverse major to minor challenges coming from all angles, all from Beijing. Thanks for watching China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. See you soon.